Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we talk about the CAF Champions League, with this season's competition getting underway this weekend. Lots too on the new English Premier League season. Can anyone challenge Manchester City and Liverpool at the top? Plus a look at some of the big transfers. And we speak to Omar Colley, a Gambian playing in the Italian Serie A with Sampdoria. I'm always ready. Since I left uh, the Gambia, I'm always ready for you know any challenge. You know, I mean, and then I have uh, an ambition. Uh, because I want to play, uh, you know, in one of the best leagues. That's coming up later. And it's non-stop action in African football. After the Nations Cup, we had the Chan qualifiers. Now we're on to the preliminary round of the Champions League and the Confederation Cup, with the first legs on this weekend. Big news this week was CAF's decision that Esperance of Tunisia are the winners of the 2018-2019 Champions League after their opponents Widad Casablanca were found guilty of abandoning the second leg of the final. This reversed an earlier decision by CAF's executive committee that the second leg should be replayed. Widad have appealed. This means the CAF Super Cup between the Champions League winners and the Confederation Cup winners, Zamalek of Egypt, has been postponed indefinitely. It was scheduled for next weekend. So the CAF Champions League now runs from August to May for the first time following the European season and it's the fourth time that we had the expanded format with 16 teams in the group stage. So you only need to win two ties to get to the group stage which is tantalising but still quite a challenge. In the last edition, we had Simba of Tanzania getting to the group stage and then on to the quarter-finals. Any potential surprise teams this time around, Ida? I'm going to add one more team that surprised people, at least back home in Kenya, and that has to be Gorma here, who did get to the quarterfinals of the CAF Confederation Cup for the first time in the club's history. But back to this season, and we have seen teams release their final squads for both the CAF Champions League and the CAF Confederation Cup this week. And going by spending alone, Steve, then Raja Casablanca has definitely made its intention clear right from the start. The three-time African champions have so far made six signings. I would imagine early warnings that they aim to go hard in the Champions League this season. And I don't think anyone can really deny Raja's pedigree, but they have tended to be overshadowed by neighbors Wydad in the last few years. But let's also not forget that Raja coach Patrice Carteron did guide TP Mazembe to the CAF Champions League. That was four years ago. So all this considered, I really do feel it does have the potential to be a winning formula. Well, from the north to the south, Steve, and Orlando Pirates might not have gotten out of the group stage last season, but they've had a pretty good preseason. They've gone unbeaten, actually, and they had a morale-boosting start to the league season as well. But let's not put it past Mamelodi once again to carry South Africa's hopes in the Champions League. Now, there are a couple of... 
I will put it as underrated teams who are making their comeback to the CAF Champions League. The likes of Township Rollers of Botswana, you know, the likes of KCCA of Uganda. I do remember back in the 2018 season and KCCA became the first Ugandan team to reach the Champions League group stage. They should be able to draw from that experience. And the same thing goes for Township Rollers who also happened to be in the exact same group. But it's still preliminaries, and I think we'll be able to have a much better gauge in the group stage. Yeah, sure. And I'll mention Horoya of Guinea. They've impressed in the last two editions, reaching the quarterfinals. I think they're slowly growing into a kind of TP Mezembe, a team with star players from all across Africa that they are signing. Well, so it's here, the opening weekend of the English Premier League season. Uh, those weekends without Premier League action are a thing of the past now, though I must say it's come around uh, pretty quickly, with the Africa Cup of Nations having kept us busy. Our European football expert, Stuart Weir, joins us from the UK. Let's start with Chelsea, Stuart. Is Frank Lampard the right man for the job as manager? Well, Frank Lampard was a great player, and he's a Chelsea legend from his time as a player at the club. I honestly think he's going to have a very difficult season. To start with, he's very inexperienced as a manager, having only had one season at Derby County in the Championship. He did all right there, taking Derby into the playoffs, but I think Chelsea will be a lot more demanding. And now, compare Chelsea this season to last season. They've lost by far their best player, Aidan Hazard, and of course they're banned from signing any new players this season. So Lampard has to work with the squad he inherits and a squad which, frankly, without the goals and assists of Aidan Hazard, would not have finished in the top four last season. Incidentally, Steve, the writers in my newspaper at the weekend were having a bit of fun speculating on which managers were most likely to be fired during the season. And the three they chose as most likely not to survive the season were Marcus Silva at Everton, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, Manchester United, and Frank Lampard. Hmm. Yes, understandably so. That's a hot seat at Chelsea. Uh, do we have any team that can challenge Man City and Liverpool, who were way ahead of the rest last season, Stuart? Well, I think it would be surprising if we have the same point differential between the top two and the rest. But when you actually look at it, Manchester City still look the best team and Liverpool very close to them. I think you could ask a question about Liverpool, whether the fact that Mo Salah and Sadio Mane have been involved in the Africa Cup of Nations will mean that they're a little tired, not had much of a break and will not have the sharpness uh, that really has contributed so much to Liverpool. But I mean, if you look at the four teams behind them, Chelsea have had a change of manager. Well, what's new about that? They've lost Aidan Hazard. I think that could be a massive problem for them. And, of course, they're not signing any new players at the moment. So I think that Chelsea are not the team that are going to challenge. Manchester United, I almost think it's <laughs> too early to say. Uh, they've certainly strengthened the defence, getting in Harry Maguire and Aaron Juan Bissaka. But... You know, we've got the Paul Pogba problem. Does he want to play for Manchester United? It looks as if he's going to be there, but he wanted to go to Real Madrid. How motivated will he be? And while Manchester United have done well in the defence, they have not added at all uh, further up the field. So it's hard to see them challenging. 
Tottenham continue to spend least in the transfer window of any of the big clubs. Uh, you know, they, they've done a little bit this time. But I think they just don't have the squad of anything like the depth of Manchester City, for example. And it's difficult to see Tottenham doing more than fighting to hold on to a top four place. And Arsenal, well, uh, Pepe may make a difference, but Arsenal, again, were struggling last year uh, to stay with the leaders. So it's hard to see, really, how anyone other than Manchester City or Liverpool will win the league this year. And again, I would have to say I would go for Manchester City because of the depth of their squad. And you know, Liverpool ran them very close last year but didn't quite manage it. And I think it's going to be the same too again. Well, I certainly agree with you on all of the above there, Stuart, and more views coming shortly. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programmes too in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. You can also listen on our New Look website, that's planetsport.tv. Still to come, our interview with Gambia and Sampdoria defender Omar Colley. But now we turn to social media. Last week we asked who you think will be the English Premier League champions and why. So here's Adrian Barnard with some of your comments. Thanks then, Steve. And we've had another huge response to this, so we'll try and get through as many of your comments as possible. But apologies if we're not able to read yours out. To Facebook first, and Musa Kamara in The Gambia says, I think Man City or Liverpool will win it because Manchester United are not ready yet to challenge for the title. To WhatsApp now, and Arenaitwe Emi in Uganda says, It's always harder to say that the team you support will not win the trophy. I'm an Arsenal fan and I always hope that they will take it. But I believe that since Liverpool and Manchester City have not let their players go, then it will be hard for other teams to challenge them because of their experience and exposure. I believe that Manchester City can defend their title, says Arunaitwe. And Samba Jawe in The Gambia agrees. Well, it will be another great EPL season, says Samba. The big guns are trying to do all they can to strengthen their teams so they can challenge City and Liverpool. But I personally believe that they're still not yet up to the challenge. I believe that at the end of a long and hectic season, City will retain their title. Desmond Tunde Coca is in Sierra Leone. I'm seeing a strong league this season, says Desmond, and teams like Arsenal and Manchester United have strengthened. It's too early to make any judgment, but if you want my honest opinion, I'll go for Liverpool, as they came close last time, and this season will be a motivation for them, as they'll want to prioritise winning the Premier League this year. Fode Cisse is also in Sierra Leone. Whoever wins the title all depends on the managerial skills, says Fode. In my opinion, the managers of Liverpool and Manchester City are the best. And in the title race this year, the clubs will exchange positions respectively. So Fode going for a Liverpool title here this year. And Molamin Silla in the Gambia agrees. I believe and hope Liverpool will win the league, says Molamin. They really worked their socks off last season and they truly deserve the title. 
Khalifa Sanyang in China says, I think it will be a three-way battle between Manchester City, Tottenham and Liverpool. But City will win it again because the other teams have not made any significant improvements. And Emmanuel in Ghana agrees. I think Manchester City will remain the champions because the team is so strong, says Emmanuel. And we always welcome your voice notes here on Planet Sport Football Africa. And here's Musa Jello in the Gambia. The English Premier League will be a tough season, I believe, you know. But for my own prediction, I think Manchester City is going to retain their title. Well, there's a lot of support for the light blues of Manchester City, but Sunkaru Bambasawe in the Gambia thinks that the dark blues have a chance this year. Of course, it won't just be a two-way battle this time, says Sunkaru. I'm sure that Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United and Tottenham will challenge the other two teams. Personally, I hope Super Frank Lampard will win his first title as the new Chelsea coach. I'm thrilled with his appointment, says Sunkaru. And Abdullah Kebe in the Gambia agrees. Chelsea will win because they have a talented young coach in Frank Lampard, says Abdullah. But Ndene Fai, also in the Gambia, says Tottenham will be the champions this season. And here's another voice note now, this time from Sambu One in the Gambia. It's going to be a very interesting season this year. City as the defending champions would not like to lose it this year again and Liverpool who were just a point behind City last season will fought to the nail to make sure that they click their first EPL title in their history and the likes of Man United we are seeing them are preparing very well Chelsea are also preparing Arsenal and even even Spurs are also preparing so hard so it's going to be very very difficult to predict as at now who is going to clean the EPL title but my hope and prayers is for Man United to win the title. And finally, Mamadou Lee hears from Columbus, Ohio, in the United States of America. Yeah, I think uh, Manchester United, yeah. If we can get like three quality players, the likes of Maguire, you know, Debala, you know, and Bruno Fernandes, those three players by the end of the transfer window, yeah, we can compete for the league next season. If we can get these three players, the top four will be secured and we can compete. Yeah, we need the defender and the midfielder and attacking player. That's it. So on Monday, United finally signed Harry Maguire from Leicester for a world record fee for a central defender of $97 million. So then, Steve, do you think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can guide Manchester United to their first league title since the 2012-13 season? Ah, well, no, I'm not convinced. And uh, given those talks with Paolo Dybala broke down, I'd say maybe third place at best for Manchester United. Thanks for that, Adrian. Anything you'd like to comment on there, Stuart? Well, listening to those comments, Steve, I think we might just give Manchester City the title now and not bother playing it. City are certainly going to be hard to beat. But I do agree with Sunkara Bambasoe in the Gambia that surely Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United, Tottenham, at least one of those is going to get a bit closer than they did last season to the top two. And I think, too, that Aranaiti Emi in Uganda makes a good point that Manchester City and Liverpool have managed to hold on to their squad players. You know, we heard that Leroy Sané was very keen to leave Manchester City, but they still got him. 
I admire the optimism of Dana Fei in the Gambia and Khalifa Sanyang in China that Spurs will finish top, but I just don't see it. You wonder about their ambition. They consistently spend less in the transfer window than other clubs. And I think you pay the price for that. Fode Sisse in Sierra Leone says winning the title depends on the skills of the manager. Well, if he's right, then I'd have to agree with his conclusion that Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp are currently the best managers in the Premier League. But we shall see. And Mamadou Lee in Columbus, Ohio wonders how well Manchester United will play. Me too. <laughs> Certainly, Harry Maguire and Aaron Juan Bissaka will strengthen the defence. But what about Alexis Sanchez? What about Paul Pogba, who all seem to be staying but not very keen to do so? We'll have to see what happens there. But I really can't wait for the season to start uh, to see what the answers are to the questions we've all been asking. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Ivory Coast winger Nicolas Pepe will go into the English Premier League as the most expensive African player ever, with his move to Arsenal from French side Lille for a club record of £72 million. That's around $87 million. 24-year-old Pepe signed a five-year contract with the Gunners. So will he be a hit in the Premier League? Now, Ida, there's a huge following for the English Premier League there in Kenya. So what do people make of Pepe's move? And do you think that he will succeed in the Premier League? You know, the thing about the EPL, Steve, is that it's especially tricky for a combination of reasons. We've seen huge stars in other leagues make their way over to England and somehow just not make the cut. Remember the likes of Radamel Falcao, you know, remember the likes of Andrei Shevchenko, just not doing it in England despite doing so well in other leagues. So I don't know about Nicolas Pepe. It's still too early to call. But the funny thing about it is... Just a few short weeks ago before the Nations Cup, the conversation was actually surrounding his Ivorian counterpart, Wilfred Zaha, who, you know, somehow looks like he might end up staying at Crystal Palace at least up until the next transfer window. But focusing on Nicolas Pepe, I do remember during the Nations Cup with the Egyptian Dream podcast that we were doing and we had focused on Ivory Coast and the conversation was surrounding who might be the star in the Ivorian side. And I remember pointing out Nicolas Pepe. A lot of people might not have paid him too much attention in the League One last season, you know, courtesy of the likes of Kylian Mbappe, who just shine and steal the spotlight from everyone else. But Pepe, not doing too badly last season, I do think he was um, second in the top scorer chart, just behind Kylian Mbappe. So that does give you uh, a bit of insight into the quality of play that he is about the English Premier League we'll just have to wait and see Steve but as you've said there huge following of the EPL here in Kenya and you know it goes right down the middle between Arsenal and Manchester United fans the likes of Tottenham the likes of Manchester City not having the sort of following that you would imagine here in East Africa so of course a huge number of Arsenal fans are simply ecstatic that they've gotten a player of the 
caliber of Nicolas Pepe and his age, as you said, 24 years, you know, also an added advantage, I would put it. He's certainly broken the bank for the Gunners, I will say that. You know, Arsenal, not uh, too known for spending big, but you can see that they did go a bit out of their pocket and spend on Nicolas Pepe. So here's to hoping that he will make an impact. And the thing about the English Premier League is that, unfortunately, it's not a patient league. So you do sort of need to go in and just make an instant impact is uh, what I would say the best thing for Nicolas Pepe would be. But it will be very interesting to watch him and, you know, just see his, uh, you know, style of play adapt at the Emirates, Steve. Yeah, indeed. And I think we should point out that there's what we could call transfer inflation. Uh, transfer fees have gone crazily high over the past year or two. So it doesn't mean that Pepe is the best African player ever, even if he is the most expensive. Uh, so, Stuart, what do you think about Pepe? That seems an awful lot of money for a player who hasn't really proved himself at a top club. Born in France, he was at Angers for four years and Lille for the last two In his two years at Lille, he scored 35 goals in 74 games. But the Premier League is a bit different from the French League. He's played 16 times for Ivory Coast, so he's not really an established international star either. And don't forget that Arsenal allowed midfield player Aaron Ramsey to go to Juventus free in the summer because they were unwilling to offer him a new contract. You know, time will tell if it's money well spent. But to me, it does seem an awful lot of money for somebody who is not a top, top player. Incidentally, it's no surprise that Arsenal have signed an Ivorian winger. We were all expecting them to sign Wilfred Saha of Crystal Palace, but that didn't happen. And there's a big question, really, as to whether they might have done better with a proven Premier League player. And there's also a big question as to whether uh, Zaha will manage to get away from Palace, which he clearly wants to do. Yeah, great point. So Crystal Palace wouldn't let Wilfred Zaha leave, despite him putting in a transfer request on Wednesday, the day before deadline day. So he may well be unhappy. Palace might end up selling him in January. We'll have to see. Uh, Thanks, Sir Stewart. Asking for your views on Nicolas Pepe this week. Will he be a hit at Arsenal? Will Pepe shine with the Gunners? Can he adjust to the Premier League? Will he be worth the money? Well, Stuart and Ida both have reservations, but as Ida says, Arsenal fans in Kenya are thrilled. So give us your thoughts on our Facebook page, that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Do you think that Nicolas Pepe will do it at Arsenal? In other big transfers, on deadline day, Nigeria's Alex Iwobi made a surprise move to Everton in the dying minutes of deadline day, uh, moving from Arsenal, perhaps leaving more room for Nicolas Pepe there. The deal's worth up to $41 million. It's the seventh signing ahead of the new season for Everton manager Marco Silva. Arsenal completed the signing of Brazil defender David Luiz from Chelsea in a deal worth more than $10 million. Another surprise that uh, on deadline day. And Ismaila Sarr 
signed by Watford. Exciting transfer this, the Senegal winger from French side Rennes. I've watched him at the last two Africa Cup of Nations, a 21-year-old winger who played at the World Cup last year as well. He's joined for over $30 million and he signed a five-year contract with Watford, having impressed for Rennes, scoring 13 goals in 50 games last season. And away from England, a German club Mainz signed Nigerian striker Taiwo Awoni on loan from Liverpool for the season. We heard from Awoni a few weeks ago here on Planet Sport Football Africa. He's 21 years old. He's got a long-term contract with Liverpool but is yet to play for them. This will be the fifth club that he's been loaned out to. I should point out that while the transfer window is closed in the English Premier League now, it's still open in other European leagues, so English clubs could still lose players while not being able to replace them. Well, finally, on this week's show to our interview with Gambia defender Omar Colley, who's getting ready for his second season in the Italian Serie A with Sampdoria. Colley is 26 uh, from the Gambia. He went to Finland, then to Sweden, to Genk in Belgium, and then getting his big move to Italy. Planet Sport Football Africa's Mamadou Ba spoke to Colley and first asked how it was going to Italy. Coming from Belgium, I knew it's going to be... Uh... A very hard task at first because um, Italian league is is bigger and uh, you know it's a better league than Belgium league you know so uh, obviously I know there's going to be a lot of uh, competition and um, when it comes to uh, the language at first and uh, the team itself the culture and uh, the league you know but for me you know I'm always ready since I left uh, the Gambia I'm always ready for you know any challenge you know I mean, and then I have uh, an ambition uh, because I want to play, uh, you know, in one of the best leagues. So going to Italy, it, it was, at first it was uh, it was really difficult, you know, but um, I have to try to adapt to the system uh, at first, to the system of the coach, and then, uh, you know, the language I have to try, and uh, because the coach he doesn't speak English, and uh, you know, there's a lot of information when it comes to Italian football. I mean, because it's so uh, it's so tactical, you know. So, but. But, you know, I've tried my best, and uh, at the end of the season, uh, I've played 21 games, you know. Even though it wasn't guaranteed that I was going to play even 10 games, you know. But then I've tried all my best to focus and uh, give my best in every training. So at the end of the season, then uh, I played 21 games. So for me, you know, I'm really happy, and uh, and now I look forward to the to the next season. And uh, even though we didn't hit our targets, you know, it was a good season for me and a good experience. How did it feel um, coming up against the big players in Italian Serie A? Cristiano Ronaldo was, uh, you played against him and he found it really difficult against you with the aerial duels. And Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's one of the uh, most exciting moments, you know, in my, in my career, you know, at large, you know, because... Uh, I've been watching the Italian league and uh, I've seen good teams, good players. And then for me being there, if one is, I mean, at first, for me being there is um, it's like a dream. So, but then to make the dream come true, you have to, I mean, show yourself. So uh, at first, I was really excited, you know, especially to play against uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, Manzuki, these big players. So, I mean, I have this in my mind that I'm going to play against the best, I mean, the best players and the best team. So be- because of this, I mean, I was really motivated because all my friends, my family all over the world, they've been sending messages and uh, you're going to play against Roma, you're going to play against... So because of all these feelings, it uh, even motivates me because... Um, 
a lot of, I mean, thousands of people, so millions have been watching me from the Gambia and abroad. So, uh, obviously, I want to make everybody proud, you know, and uh, family and uh, my fans as well. So, uh, because of this excitement, I was, I mean, I was super excited, super excited to play against all these big players, even the small teams, you know, because uh, it's a league, you know, it's not only one one team or, I mean, one player, you know, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's the league. So, for me, being there, every game is like, an excitement for me, you know, because the whole world is watching, and uh, moreover, people back home, you know, uh, they've been following the, the Italian league lately. So, uh, with all these things, it really motivates me to play and show myself and show everybody that, you know, I mean, Gambia also we have some talent, you know, not only me, but we have other other players playing in other clubs like Barrow, Koli, and others, you know, and Bujalo, you know. So, for me, being there as one of the, I mean. Uh, yeah, I was one of their older players and then uh, one of, I mean, uh, the leaders in the national team. So it's like, it's like a motivation, like I said, you know, for me, I was really excited to represent the Gambia at large, you know. Coming back into the national team, um, is AFCON the dream for, for Omar and the Scorpions? Of course, I mean, because... We've never been there. The Gambia have never been in the African Cup of Nations. I mean, uh, we came really close, but at the end of the day, we were unfortunate to be there. And uh, for now, I think the most important thing is to, you know, build the team back again. You know, to bring all the all the players together. I mean, to be together. Like with the team we have at this moment, with the players we have, I think, you know, we can make this more. We can uh, qualify. Yeah, if we have everything in place. That's Gambia defender Omar Kali talking to Mamadou Ba. And the route to the 2021 Nations Cup is possibly achievable for the Scorpions. They'll play Djibouti in the preliminary round. If they win that tie, they go into a group with DR Congo, Gabon and Angola. They need to finish in the top two to make it to the Nations Cup for the first time. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, But on social media, asking again, do you think that Nicolas Pepe will be a success at Arsenal? Can he adjust to the Premier League? Will he be worth the money? You can go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, and post a comment there. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus 447955232780. That's plus 447955232780. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and from Stuart Weir and Adrian Barnard in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.